Welcome back to Birching the West. I'm your host, Eldon Stahl, and we have a, a wonderful guest on today, Nina Horlocker. You know, talk with us a little bit about a, something that's coming up in October. We Can Act Liberty Conference. It's going to be quite big. And uh, just want to welcome you, Tina, to the show. And um, let's see if we can get you to unmute there. There we go. All right, there we go. Yeah, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a so, pleasure to be here. Yeah. Uh, so coming up in October, I guess, is this uh, down at the Salt Palace? Is that right? That's correct. It's at the Salt Palace. Okay. Should I tell you about it. Yes, please tell us all about it. All right. So uh, we are going to be holding a We Can Act. It's called Western Conservative Action Network. The acronym is We Can Act Conference. It's going to be hot. It's going to be held, like you said, at the Salt Palace on October, Friday and Saturday, October 22nd and 23rd. There's this is going to be an event unlike any that I have been able to even know of or hear of in decades and uh we are bringing speakers in from across the nation we're going to be speaking on a variety of top of topics election fraud medical tyranny human trafficking crisis at the border uh uh <clears throat> broken hollywood big tech censorship there's just all the joys that are happening in our world today that we have to take a serious look at so that we can preserve our freedoms Wow, sounds like quite a quite an event. I know the Salt Palace is uh, quite a fairly large venue to have an event, and it, uh, I guess I was I was looking through the the web page there, and it looked like you have quite a few uh, speakers, uh, some big names coming in. Uh, maybe you want to touch on that or what what people can expect when they come. That it, I don't know. To me, it looked like uh, it's going to be not just a small event. <laughs> No, it is not. It's going to be very large. So, yeah, I'll tell you um, some of the speakers that are going to be there. I'll start with America's General, General Flynn. Uh, he is going to be coming and speaking. I've actually been on the phone with them today. Uh, he was coming to our event. He, he's coming to our event from an event in Colorado, and then he was moving on to Las Vegas. And <clears throat> this is just a little side story, but you know, a lot of people are really upset about what's going on in Af Afghanistan right now. And a lot of people are, there's a lot that, there's a lot to not make sense of. I think most of us probably understand that really there was a coup against Donald Trump, that he was, that Biden is not our pre president, that, that there's much election fraud and it, and that has to be addressed. But but the reason why I say that is because this, the gentleman who is putting together an event that's being held in Las Vegas, actually the same weekend as ours, put out on social media last, last weekend that um, perhaps we should um, form a coup against Biden. And so General Flynn mm -hmm. obviously cannot be associated with that. Um, you can imagine yeah. what the media would do to him if no. so. It's really, really unfortunate. I can understand why, you know, it because what is going on in Afghanistan is just terrible. It is. I mean, there's yeah. just no words to even describe it. And so he, he was speaking, I'm sure, out of frustration. And but wow, it's really hurt him in the end. So that's really unfortunate. So mm -hmm. we. But we've got General Flynn coming and we just have a lot planned with him. He's going to deliver a special message to our audience. And um, it's gonna be really awesome. On top of General Flynn, we have um, Vicki O'Brien. She's the producer and a director down in Texas. She's creating a new Hollywood down there to, to help people get out of the broken, corrupt, disgusting Hollywood. She's going to be talking and, and revealing some things there that we all need to be aware of so that we are not participating and taking part in, in what's happening out in what's available to us. We, 
Um, we have C.L. Bryant that's going to be coming. He's a pastor. We've got Dr. Rashid Buttar. He is a well, world-renowned cancer doctor. He's going to be talking about um, vaccines. And uh, <clears throat> Karen Kingston, she doesn't like to call herself a whistleblower, but she she is a she knows the science behind the vaccine, and she, I don't even like to call it a vaccine. She's worked for Pfizer. And she is making everybody aware of what is really in the vaccine or the shot. I'm going to just call it a shot. We've got Katie Hopkins. She's coming from England. And um, mm. this is a small group. I'm actually not supposed to talk about Katie Hopkins until September 1st, although she is on our website. But uh, she is coming <clears throat> and she is going to give us a real pill. You know, if we don't wake up and, and stand up, we can look at England and Canada and know what's coming next. Arthur Pulaski from Canada is supposed to be here. He's a pastor who tried to keep his church open during COVID. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the video of him resisting against police who tried to shut him down. They threw him in jail many times. They actually tried to burn him alive inside his home and they unscrewed the bolts on the tires of his car so that when his wife got in his car and drove off, the wheels came hmm. off her tire and nearly killed her. He's been in wow. the United States uh, for about a month now. Uh, and um, he it kind of um, away from it a little bit, although in the United States, he's been very active going around and speaking absolutely everywhere. And Last weekend, he was in Portland. I don't know if you saw that, but um, the uh, no. Antifa came out and there was a, a, a counter protest and he was maced and there was fighting going on and the police stood down. So that's something that was going on with um, Arthur Pulaski. But who, uh, who tried to unscrew the... Wheels? So it's not the pol so the police gelled him, yeah. but it's it's just this it, it's like something similar. People who are just acting out in fear, who are, you know are angry at him for Canadians have just bought this, you know, wholeheartedly, and yeah. and people of their own accord are just forming groups that are working against those who are out trying to inform others. Hmm. So. Um, so they 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 drank the propaganda heavily oh, and yeah. now they feel like well we're going to be take matters into our own hands and basically be a mob exactly we've got yeah we've got two factions working against us we have the police state and then we have the mob so it's it's formidable it's really it's really scary what's going on in our world and he is actually going back on the 17th constitution day He's heading back to Canada because he feels like if he doesn't go back, the church is going to fail there. So mm. if we, he doesn't know if he's going to be imprisoned, but he feels like he's not going to run away from it. He's going to go towards it. So we can all remember him in our prayers. So you know, that God can um, protect him. And hopefully if everything goes well, he'll come back for, for our event. We have Lee Dundas. She's a civil rights attorney in California. She is very vocal and extremely um, <clears throat> well-spoken. Like she, wow, she has the gift of tongues, let me tell you. And <laughs> yeah, she, I saw a video of her. Uh, I think, was it down in Oklahoma City or some something? They had a rally with her. Oh, she's, she is fabulous to listen to. I mean, just on fire and she knows all of her stuff and and, you know, no one wants to come up against Lee Dundas. Uh, we have Thomas Renz. He's also an attorney who has actually filed a class action lawsuits, lawsuit against Fauci. Um, we have Professor David Clements, who will be speaking about critical race theory. We have Peggy Hall, who um, is from California, will be speaking about religious liberty. We've got Douglas G. Franks. He's going to, Dr. Douglas G. Franks, he's going to be talking about election fraud, and Vander still, she's going to be talking about crisis at the border and also um, media censorship or media fraud and big tech censorship. We've got Tim Foley. I'll tell you a little story about Tim Foley if you don't know who that is, but he is, um, he was a CEO of a company 
who kept hearing stories about what was going on in the border. And he decided he was going to go down there and check that out. So he went down there and, and found it to be worse than what, what was being reported. And so he decided to document it. He actually left his job and has been full-time down on the border now for quite a few years. And he's faced all kinds of threats against his life. But what he does is he puts up cameras. He's, he's actually on the Arizona, um, <clears throat> Mexico border. And okay. apparently it's kind of foresty, but he'll go in and he will, and he's put up cameras in the trees so that he can, so that he watches people as they come in and he can see the cartel, you know, smuggling and drugs and also people. And I talked with him the other day and he told me that he watched four different cartel groups come in and bringing only one person. He was able to get a, a shot of this person and he turned it over to the border patrol and they actually found this person who was a Syrian from Syria and he was a terrorist and they found him in Washington, DC. So, mm. you know, I don't imagine he had good intentions. Yeah. So anyway, we've wow. got all kinds of threat going on and I could just continue to go on and speak about our speakers. It sounds it's like going a to be very, really interesting. tremendous lineup. Uh, I'm kind of curious how uh, was this kind of the the brainchild of somebody's said, hey, let's let's do a big event in uh, uh, Western States area or what what uh, how did this thing get going? Well, <laughs> so I, 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 I heard someone when I first got on that they said something about the Republican Party and everybody thinks the Republican Party is the answer to all of this. And I would agree with him that the Republican Party is definitely not the answer to any of this. And really, it has to be the grassroots. But I, but I want to speak to both both things because I'm actually a member of the Republican Party in Utah and have served in different um, elected um, positions for a number of years, including on the state central committee. And we fought really hard to save our caucus and convention system here in Utah. But we have we've been um, every time we had a win, <clears throat> it turned into a loss because. Corruption is thick in Utah, and um, and the the establishment politicians are many, and so we've had a really hard time protecting our election, our election process, specifically the caucus and convention system. So a number of my friends decided we were going to start a PAC, and we call it the Utah Utah Platform Republican PAC, and the purpose of this PAC is to elect conservative people into office because we, we had all served in the party and had found the same thing. You know, you get into a party position, you cannot endorse anyone. You have to be neutral. So you yeah. basically are, you're neutered in the Republican party. You can't speak yeah. about who's the best candidate. So, and then not only that, they could just go gather signatures and get on the ballot. So we decided we were going to um, go out and, and help get conservatives who were filing to run for office, but stood no, no chance against the establishment politicians because of, the, because of the signature process. And so that's what we've been doing. And when this last election happened and we saw all of the corruption, all the disinformation and, and so many people who are just drinking the Kool-Aid, we decided, um, we were gonna do something about it. So I proposed, um, it started out small at first. I had this idea that I was gonna, because I had done this as a chair of the, of, of the county party. I had held um, large meetings where I had invited a couple speakers to come in and it was successful. And so I thought, well, why don't we do that as a pack? And, but as, we, as I began to really think about it, it grew large really fast. <laughs> And so yeah. I just started inviting speakers and, um, and we, I just decided this had to be big. We had to go big or go home. And so um, I've got in a hall, it's going to, I have a, a hall in the Salt Palace that um, is going to fit 10,000 people in it. And we need to fit wow. 10,000 people in it. We really do. And um and there's a number of reasons why we need to do that, because not only do these people need to come and be empowered with the information they're, that they're going to get, 
they also, they need to come because they, in the coming, they'll learn, but they're also sending a very powerful message in coming because uh, they're sending a message to, uh, to our deep state and established politicians that we're waking up and, and we are a formidable force and, and they're afraid of us. And if they can see us organizing and being successful, especially when we will not fill that hall by the media, by mainstream mm. media, we will not have the support of getting the word out on really, we're going to use social media, but because of the messed up algorithms, we're not, we're not going to be very successful there. Um, I had someone who had high hopes he was going to get me on all of the mainstream media shows. And I, I kind of told him, yeah, I don't think so. And, and he called me today and his head was hanging a little bit low because he's called Mr. Media and he's an awesome man. Like, but he, he really is successful, but I, what I told him was right. And I, you know, mainstream media is going to help us get this word out. So really I'm appealing to the grassroots to help us get up because, you know, if we have how many people, we, we have just a small group here, eight, but if you eight go get a ticket and then you tell 10 others to go get a ticket and then you tell them to tell 10 others, we can just by that natural grassroots movement wave, we can fill that hall. And so truly that is what we have to do to be able to fill this hall and, and we must fill it. And, and how would, how would people go get tickets? How, how does that work? Okay. So um, I'm going to type in the chat here, our website, it's wecanact.net. It's really easy. Um, we oh, can yeah. act.net. Uh, I'll, I'll see. I don't know if I can load a picture go. in there, but we have a, we have a flyer that, that I has can try sharing the screen. That, Does that work? Yeah. Yep. There's our website. You can see okay. right there and you can go to speakers and see all the awesome speakers that we have. And actually we have an early bird price going on right now. And there we go. I, I want you to know, I paid $500 to travel to California to listen to General Flynn and, and some of these speakers, like I, there's so many speakers I didn't tell you about yeah. that I should have mentioned. Like we have a lot of doctors coming in to talk about COVID. Senator Wendy Rogers right there. Yep. She is a warrior. I love her. She's so inspiring. Her, she's involved with the forensic audit in Arizona and, and her and Senator Sonny Borelli her partner in crime, <laughs> they're coming, find him. they're, they're going to tell us. Like, there he is. Yeah, there he is. They're, they're both, they're both veterans and they, they carry that demeanor with it. That, I don't mean demeanor there, that aura with them. They, they, they're, they're warriors and they're out there doing the hard work of pushing the, the, Forensic got it forward in Arizona, but not only that, they're teaching it to, to states across the nation. And they're going to come and speak about and come and speak about some of the things that they've worked against, but also the success that they're having and, and the results that probably won't surprise us, but will surprise many, I believe. Um, so, mm -hmm. And there we have Dr. Simone Gold. She's um, a frontline doctor. She's also been out there in the, in the trenches fighting the fight. And um, so if you go to, we can act. So I, I was telling you, I paid $500 to go to California and listen to general Flynn. And I don't regret spending that money or, or spending the time traveling there and coming back. But I will tell you that our event is going to be, is going to be better than the, the event I attended and um, our tickets are $129 for two days. And that, that's two full oh, days. On top of that, our, our tickets will include a boxed lunch for each day because mm. we're going to stop. We're going to start and we're not going to stop. Um, we are going to have a bunch of booths in the same hall where people can come in um, and, you know, walk through the booths if they get tired. Or, uh, but 
and so we have booths available for people who might want a booth. Um, but you saw above there, Front Sight. I don't know if any of you yep. know who where Front Sight is out in Las Vegas. I've been there a number of times. I, I really love Front Sight. And Dr. Piazza has offered to give every ticket purchaser a free $2,000 for day defense handgun course free. And I'm telling you, that's that a, is that's amazing. amazing in and of itself, you know, for $129. But our early bird ends tomorrow. So, oh boy. Um, so we need to get this word out. We need to get it out fast. Uh, and yeah. um, so September 1st, to, it goes up, yeah. I guess. Yes, it does go up. So <clears throat> if you all get your phones right now and you text, Five three, four four five. Text we can to five three four four five. That will get you to our website. <clears throat> um, but I'm, I'll also give you my own personal cell number, and if you like, I can text you um, my uh, a flyer that you can forward on to other people. So, if you want to help be this swelling, this wave to get people to feel our conference hall, then um, what you can do is you can forward a flyer and you can forward wecanact.net and, and then, you know, tell them this, you need to be here for these days because not only you need this information, it provides a, a great opportunity to be with like-minded people, uh, an opportunity to network. It's, it's just a fabulous opportunity. And it's going to send a powerful message. The media might ignore us now, but, but they won't ignore us then. You know, when you have 10,000 people mm -hmm. coming to listen to those speakers. The media won't. They, they will pay attention then. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's a massive uh, number of people. And, it, you know, you get that many and, and the media just can't, can't really ignore it. It just <laughs> it, it, there's something happening there that's pretty significant. So far as uh, uh, public uh, concern about things, anytime you get something that big. Yeah, that's right. So I put my, my number in the chat, but it is 801-498-0964. And I'd be happy if you want to just shoot me a quick text and I can just send you the, the flyer that you can forward on. But we really... If there was ever a grassroots effort, this needs to be it because we need 10,000 people, the right people who are going to do something with this information because we don't want it to be another conference of just talking heads. We, we're going to give action items and, and we want to create a groundswell. Wow. Sounds like a great, great event. Now it starts at, is it noon on Friday, this 22nd? Is that? So, plan or so the hall will open at eight and there will be, we have as many as a hundred booths that can be there. So there will be a lot to look at. If okay. you know anyone who might be interested in a booth, please reach out to me. You can also just go to the website and there's information there, but, um, uh, let's see. So, um, so you can enter the hall at eight, the event will start at noon and it will go until eight 30 on Friday. And on Saturday, same thing will end at 8 p.m. Unless we get Donald Trump, which we are honestly trying to get Donald Trump and we'll have a full-blown Trump rally. Um, that would be, uh, that would help fill the, uh, fill the room, I would think. <laughs> uh, yes, I think it would. I think that the room should be filled with or without it because honestly, you know, I don't want this to be about Donald Trump, although. Um, right, right. You know, I could I could say a lot about Donald Trump um, and everything that's gone on with that, but I, but I'll I'll not because this is really about just empowering, inspiring, activating the grassroots to stand up. There's there there are people out there who are doing it and at great personal cost, and we need to join them. And uh, we'll just say a thanks to the sponsors too. There you go. Yeah. There's a little sponsors page. Uh, 
opportunities there, it looks like too. Yes, we, we have yeah. some more sponsors coming on. Oh, but, good, good deal. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, we, um, is it all right if we open it up for questions? If somebody might have some, is that yeah. okay with oh, that? Yes, go oh. ahead. I kind of threw my questions out there. Maybe there's somebody else that wants to say, say something. Question, uh, and who is this? <laughs> it's, it's Mike Costers. Oh, I have hi, a Mike. question. If that, would that work? Yeah. What's your question? Oh, thank you. Um, okay. There was mention that uh, Senator Borelli, who happens to be my senator here in Arizona, is going to be attending the, the conference. And uh, before I ask the question, let me let me back up and just tell your guests that I concur with her fully when she states that that the parties are not the solution. Uh, quite frankly, even a con in a conservative state like Arizona, what, what we have found is that sometimes uh, you have people, you have the, the, the John McCain's and Lindsey Graham's of the world that will backslap you and glad hand you. And they are actually worse enemies sometimes than uh, the, the socialists and the communists are because they'll tell you to their face that they're completely for you. And uh, whereas the socialists and communists are, are perfectly willing to get in your face and shout you down and you know exactly where they stand. <laughs> so I concur right. with your guest fully. And I guess this question uh, comes in line with that. Um, I, I think when, when Senator Borelli is there, a good question to ask him are, why are you, Senator Borelli, and the Arizona Senate not petitioning the U.S. District Court over uh, Marac Maricopa County Board of Supervisors arrest warrants. The, the court here in Arizona has ruled that not only are the, the, um, the, the Senate uh, rulings uh, legal, but they are enforceable. And that's the key, the, the court ruled that that uh, you know what what the Senate has ordered is enforceable, and so if the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors is not is not fulfilling that, why is Senator Borelli and the and the rest of the Senate not uh, petitioning? Because the court is waiting for them. The court is waiting for uh, their uh, petition to issue arrest warrants. And what Borelli is doing and, and his colleagues is they're kind of putting this off on the Arizona, Arizona Attorney General who simply wants to fine the county. So uh, part of what okay. your guest is talking about right there is happening in real time in Arizona where the Senate is kind of just turning over, abdicating their responsibility to the Attorney General. And I think that would be a key question to ask Senator Borelli while he's there. Yeah, I, I'm sure you could ask him the question. I'm sure he would have an answer because I know that he is fighting this hard. And I know that there has been every effort possible to stop them. I know that they only were able even to do the audit by one vote. And so, you know, I don't know. It's, it's unbelievable the pressure they're under and the underhandedness and the corruption that is taking place and all they all they have to do is convince one person to switch their side and you know they're impotent so it, i i'm sure sunny would have an answer and i will probably ask him that question as soon as we're done here or wendy rogers can i have a quick follow-up eldon sure sure okay um is there going to be any speaker at your event that is going to uh, address, I believe it's Title 26 in, uh, in uh, Utah. Uh, that is the, that is the um, uh, law there that was passed by your legislature that allows for um, uh, mask mandates, it allows for uh, business closures, it allows for um, 
I, I believe it, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since I've read your statute there, but I believe it allows for forced vaccinations on the citizenry there, if I'm not mistaken. And it's, it, it works hand in hand with uh, uh, statute uh, 36-787 in Arizona. It also works with Arizona or with, pardon me, New Mexico, 1978. Though all and, and there's a statute in, in Nevada. These statutes are th throughout the West, if not the if not the full country. And is there going to be anyone at this event that's going to be talking about either repeal or some way to to take this power away from the governor under a state of emergency and return it back where it belongs to the legislature so that they cannot just arbitrarily say, okay, we're under a state of emergency. And by the way, churches, you're closed, but strip clubs, you're a necessary business. Is there, is there going to be anybody right. uh, talking about that or addressing that at the, at the conference? So um, at, this, at this, we have a couple of representatives that will be speaking. I believe they're going to be speaking about election fraud. Um, I'm not going to say no, we're not going to. We're trying to not have this uh, be about Utah because this is the Western conservative. This is, we're inviting the Intermountain inter West. <clears throat> sure. However, um, it is something that will be as far as the, the checks and balances that should be in place that, that keeps you know, a tyrannical governor or a bureaucratic health department from usurping our freedoms, absolutely. And I know the legislature did pass um, a, a law that was supposed to hold the governor back a little bit, but there were some caveats to it that um, left things open. And that might be what you're referring to. Some people had the opinion that, <clears throat> that it did protect us and other people did not. So, so, you know, I'm not quite sure. I know that right now there's a fight with uh, the city council and the and the mayor um the mayor of salt lake city that is the so the city council voted to not have a mask mandate and so then the mayor circled back around and said oh yeah we are going to have a mask mandate and so the legislature is kind of getting involved and in saying oh no you're not so there's there's this inner battle that's going on and um and it is troubling and I, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's definitely something that, depending on the climate and what is going on, would definitely be addressed. But if it were addressed, it might not specifically be addressed to Utah, but to the Intermountain West. And Lee Dundas will definitely be talking about that topic. So does that answer your question? Uh, yeah, more or less. Um, it, and this is a Western issue, not just a Utah issue, because we've got these statutes all throughout the West. And that's sort of why I brought it up. And I'm happy to either through Eldon or directly with you, I'm happy to provide you the information that, that the John Birch Society has on that as far as what the individual statutes in the individual states are called so that it can be addressed as a whole. Uh, to fit in, in uh, properly with your conference. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be helpful. I'd love to have that. All right. Well, that was that was a good question. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else have have one? They a burning question. I've left them all speechless. I guess. Yeah. Well, while you're thinking, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking forward to. Some of you probably know we're, we'll have a, a booth, a Jumber Society booth, and there will be, I'm sure, a lot of other organizations and different vendors and things there. Want to talk with people about different things, and but uh, it should be uh, just. Uh, I mean, I, I would imagine there'll be people flying in from Denver, from um, Idaho, from. Washington, California, lots of different places for something like this. It's not just a, a, a small thing. And if obviously anybody, the speakers. If anyone um, on this call, <clears throat> if anyone knows of people who have large email lists 
or other people who have large followings that would be willing to get the word out, you could put them in touch with me. I'm looking for all kinds of people, people who have large telegram followings, um, large email lists or, you know, large Twitter followers, anyone that we can to help get this word out. It would be very much appreciated. Help get you on radio maybe, or. Oh yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do absolutely anything. So. Sure. <clears throat> sure. Well, yeah. it's, you have a question, yeah, Steve? Yes. Uh, Great. Just um, we can act, I guess. I don't know a whole lot about we can act. And I got here a little bit late because I was having a hard time booting up my computer and getting on. So I apologize for that. But specifically what issues do uh, we can act uh, plan to address? So the topics that are gonna be discussed at this conference are, are um, election fraud or election integrity, whichever you, how, however you like to call it. And we're going to be talking about medical tyranny, human trafficking, broken Hollywood, crisis at the border. Uh, let's see, did I get them all? I'm sure I didn't. Uh, critical race theory, big tendership, and media fraud. Those are the big topics that we're going to be discussing. And, and underlying everything are going to be constitutional themes, but also real action items. We want people to come with a notebook so that they can take notes and know how to go home and what to do. Because General Flynn's really going to tell you that it's at the local level. The keystone to preserving our freedom is at the local level. I used to, I, I have a degree in political science and a master's in political economy. <clears throat> and I used to think that the federal government was where it was at. That was where I had my focus and my attention. But I've learned that the real power is at the local level. That's, that's where we can make the difference. That's where we can hold everybody else in check. So we need people to step up and get involved and run for offices and make sure they elect good people. All of those kind of things that we all already know. <laughs> Well, certainly at the at the local level, it's easier to see the results of your efforts. You can uh, make you can see get that impact and uh, and feedback a lot more quickly. Right, and, and another thing that we really can do is we we really have to be aware of who our auditor is, our county auditors are, because they have a lot they have a lot to do with the election. I'm going to give you an example that I know of that happened here in Utah. <clears throat> They have a lot of power in how they count the vote and how they run their elections. And I myself, when the last election went through, I could see a way I could have cheated because I had eight ballots that came to my home and I could have said, you know, my children's ballots, I could have easily filled out their ballots and mailed them yeah. in. Oh yeah. But this is another thing I could have done is because it was COVID, we had a drive through election and so we drove through and, and they printed my ballot. And I was thinking, because I forgot my ballot at home. I didn't know I was supposed to bring it, but I had a ballot at home. And so they printed my ballot and then I drove through and I put my ballot into a ballot box at the end. And I thought if I had brought those ballots at my house, yeah. I had them filled out, I could have stuck every one of those ballots into that box and who sure. would have known the difference? Yeah. You know, the mail-in ballots need to end, but not only that, we just need to do paper ballots and they need to be, they need to be counted at the precinct level and, and our, our whole election process, we need to bring it back to the roots, back to the way it has been in the past. And um, so I still didn't even tell you my story though. So Burgess Owens, I don't know if you know who Burgess Owens is, that he was elected to, to Congress this last election cycle. And he ran against Ben McAdams, who replace, replaced or won the previous election against Mia Love, who was a Republican. Ben McAdams is a Democrat. And there, he barely won. 
Well, so two years later, he's running against Burgess Adams, who's a, he's black and he's a former former NFL player. And um, so it, the, it seemed that it was neck and neck the whole time, at least that's what was being reported. So as the, when the election was over and they started counting the ballots, it just took them forever to count the ballots. I mean, days and days and days to count the ballots. And there were, because they're that, that crossed county lines, part of it was in Utah County, part of it was in Salt Lake County. So you had two county auditors that were counting the ballots. And we knew that the Salt Lake County auditor was corrupt. We knew that. And, um, and she just kept having mm. ballots that need to be counted. And so the Utah County auditor, we need to be of a more upstanding character. And so they counted their ballots. And then she told the Salt Lake County auditor, we're done. And so then the Salt Lake County auditor said, okay, we're done with Ben McAdams in the lead, barely in the lead. Well, the Utah County auditor knew what was going on. And so she held back 3,000 ballots, which, which was a mixture of Ben McAdams and Burgess Owens, but the majority of Burgess Owens. And so she's like, oh, okay, I still have 3,000 or I still have these ballots. So she puts them in and, and, and because Salt Lake County said they were done, she couldn't come up with any more ballots that, per, that put Burgess Owens over the top and he won. But I guarantee you, mm. <laughs> I don't know how she was doing or what she was doing, but I also know she refused to call to count the overseas ballots from our, from our military because they came in past the date that they were allowed. So it was, it, there's definitely fraud that is going on. You know, chances are the two years prior, Ben McAdams really didn't lose. But I'll tell you that the race that really needs to be looked at is the, the governor's race, specifically in the primary, where there were four candidates, thanks to signature gathering. Mm -hmm. And uh, so one candidate emerged out of that primary, which was Spencer Cox. But if you looked at the process of campaigning, which was during COVID, I don't think Spencer Cox held one rally or went to one speaking event and neither did two, three, three of the candidates of the four. Greg Hughes was the only candidate that campaigned and he campaigned hard and he had people coming out to his event, events consistently and he was stomped on. And I have a really hard time believing that mm. a really hard time. Yeah. sounds like the, what happened with Trump and uh, 2020, he had, he pulled in the crowds and, and Biden did not, not really have much of that. Yeah. Right. Very good. So, okay. Well, if you have any other questions, I don't know if others do, but it sounds like this is going to be a, just an awesome event. Tina and uh, I, I'm just looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being there. I know uh, those watching this, uh, they're uh, hopefully they're going to be able to uh, look more into this. Go to um, WeCanAct.net, uh, get some tickets, or share it with friends, or both. Talk with others about it uh, because it's going to be something that uh, they'll want to want to be a part of in some way at least. Uh, or maybe somebody has an organization or a, a vendor or whatever. They want to have a booth there, be a sponsor. Um, that's, I imagine, helpful too there in that way. And uh, they can, um, they can uh, network with people and get to know all kinds of folks from all across the Intermountain West. But, uh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. We really, really, I cannot stress how important it is that everybody tell your friends please tell your friends and ask your friends to tell their friends and their friends to tell their friends. It's, it's going to take, it's going to take a miracle to fill those seats. And we really, I'll, I'll tell you that there has been a miracle in bringing this event together. And, and that gives me the hope that we're going to fill those seats, but it's going to take a miracle. It really is. So please tell your friends and your family and tell your friends and your family to do the same thing and so on and so on.
That sounds like a great, great message. Yeah. It's, it's something that, um, you know, we're, we know right now we're up against, uh, of course, people that try to kind of shut us down, right. They try to shut us down on the social media and the, the big media won't, uh, won't pay attention. So we've, we've got to take the responsibility and say, okay, we're going to build the, uh, the buzz, the, uh, spread the word. So I'm so glad you could be on with us and, um, you know, any, any, I don't know, final thoughts, something you want to uh, inspirational for, uh, for those watching or listening, what would you say? I, I, you know, there is, <clears throat> I was in my church the other day and we were talking about the light of Christ and, and the light that we carry in us and how, and how we, um, share that light with others or what are we to do with that light? And a lot of the people at, in that meeting were, were really trying to avoid the dark. You know, they were doing everything they could to avoid the dark. And, you know, who wants to know all the bad news? You know, no one, and frankly, I never watch the news. I, I, I find other ways to know what's going on, at least what I feel like is most important for me to know what's going on. Cause it's, it's not necessarily bad to know all of it. Most of it is a distraction anyway. And so you need to know, you need to be able to discern what is worth knowing. And, but the, most of these people had the opinion that the best way to, to share your light was to avoid the dark. <clears throat> I have a little bit of a different opinion. I feel like, I feel like we have to be willing to, and, and, and I don't mean we're going into bad places, but we have to be willing to go into, into places where, where there is darkness and we need to turn on our light so we can dispel the darkness. And if we don't do this, then we're going to end up being like Dietrich, bon, what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, when good men and do nothing, evil prevails. And there will come a day where we will hide in our house because we are afraid to come out because the persecution will be so great. And that will be, if that day comes, it will be because we've done nothing. So it is, it is important that we do all that we can to share our light, but not to avoid the dark, but to spread our light within the dark. If, I mean, I'm, not suggesting that you go into bad places, obviously, but I, I think, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. I, I don't send my children to public school, but I will go to, to, to school board meetings where, where I will speak out against those things that I don't like. And, and I will also um, go to places and speak out, you know, where, there might be great dissenting opinions so that other people can hear what needs to, um, what they need to hear. So I, that's, that's just, I, I feel like we need to shine our light, but to not be afraid to shine it where it's dark. Yeah. Well, that's, that's quite a, Eldon, that's Eldon. Oh, yes, sir. Um, it's Mark, Mark Porter, Mark Porter here. I'd like to uh, just share an experience I had some years ago. Um, you know, um, I knew Ezra Tapp Benson, who was the Secretary of Agriculture, and um, most people knew him in that position, but he was also an apostle in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And in 1978, I met with him personally in his office and with two other people. We spent an hour and a half with him. And during that time, we talked about secret combinations in our day. I've studied secret combinations in our day since 1971. And I asked him if, if uh, what I'd been studying was correct, and he told me it was. And then uh, after some conversation uh, with him, which lasted an hour and a half, uh, we were sitting at a small table, um, uh, five chairs around the table. Uh, there was only, um, well, there were six chairs around the table no, I, I'm, I'm sorry, there were five chairs around the table. There were four of us sitting around the table. And um, um, quite frankly, uh, I was knee to knee with Ezra Tapp Benson. And we were sitting around this small table and he looked away at a picture 
that was hanging on his wall. And some people may, may not know David O. McKay, who was president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints during that time. And President Benson looked at that picture and um, his face was turned away from us at the time. And he, uh, he said to us that President McKay said that the priesthood brethren of the LDS Church were like a bunch of sleeping giants that if they would ever awaken, they could save our country from destruction. And then he turned back to us and he had tears rolling down his cheeks. And he said with great emotion, I fear they will not awaken until it's too late. And that's the day we're in. And what Tina is telling you is absolutely true. There needs to be a, a ground swelling of awakening taking place, not only in the state of Utah. I mean, it really should be there because the Mormon people have been warned about these things for years and years and years. So I appreciate what Tina is doing. And um, I guess I'd like to say that I'm proud of my daughter. I love her very much. Thank you. Much appreciated, yes. Very great comments. Yeah. Um, well, on that note, um, so glad that uh, everybody could be on. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of people, but sometimes it only takes one to inspire a lot of people. And so uh, uh, want to, of course, thank you uh, for what you're doing, but uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we can help spread the word and uh, share this video, like, comment, subscribe. I'll put it on YouTube. I'll put it on the uh, podcast so you can listen to it, share the link with others, listen to it yourself, whatever you want to do with it. Um, we need to, we need to band together and uh, make sure that, um, that we have uh, an army to combat because uh, we, we face uh, quite a formidable army uh, that wants to take away our freedoms. So thank you everyone and uh, hope to uh, catch you next time on, uh, on Birching the West.